I am Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And we're paranormal specialists who live in the most haunted city on earth, Savannah, Georgia. Every day is Halloween in our line of work, so join us as we spin true tales of haunts, murders, and disturbing Savannah history. I'm Madison. I'm Chris. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the most haunted city on earth. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the most haunted city on earth. My name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie, and I'm JT Timmons. And today we have a num- another top five list Ooh, for you. Top five. Yeah, since y'all yes. ate that one up the last time we did it. Yeah. Um, it yeah. was it was a really good episode. Um, you know for talking about all the spooky places you can stay. And so mm-hmm. we decided to do another one. And this yep. is going to be the top five hauntings that are still currently active in the U.S. Yes. So we're, that, say, we're saying in the U.S. because we're going to do one that's outside of the U.S. Too. Yeah. We're going to do like a world haunting. Yeah, we might do uh, Europe. We uh, might do Asia. We might do yeah. Australia since we have a They'd lot of... probably Aust- do us well to, to yeah. break it into smaller chunks because yep. choosing break- a top five internationally is very difficult yeah picking the different we'll do the different continents well let, let's go for that later on but um yes. antarctica is going to be weird real fast yes. top um, five of antarctica antarctica <laughs> polar bear <laughs> polar bear the ice monster um yeah so let's see let's see um i have good news for all of you who are uh, listening uh, on the on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere where you get your podcasts and not watching, we have a a bat now. It's a neon bat behind Madison boom, boom. and Patrick for all the YouTube uh, viewers. Patrick, no, it's no. Patrick the bat next to Chris. Oh the god, person. You, oh god, yeah. I, I'm no, Chris. I'm thinking. I've, I've and, only been uh, here the for winner, a year. Sorry, did I call him Patrick? <laughs> you did. You okay, called that's him. How, that's, we have because a guy named Patrick. That's part of our. Anyway, it's a whole thing. So. Uh, we asked the para junkies what the bat should be named and um let's see melissa uh para junkie melissa said batrick Patrick and Patrick, everyone immediately in the comments agreed in the live stream in the para junkie only live stream that batrick is the winner i so agree it is Patrick, unanimous Patrick, Patrick. Patrick. We have Patrick as part Patrick. of our studio. Patrick in the back. Yes. So, Patrick behind yes. us. Yes. All right. So, Maddie, we just have a couple quick, super, super duper quick um, announcements, and we'll, we will get started with the episode. Yep. Uh, so, first off, uh, for anybody who is not a parrot junkie, the pilot episode of our radio play that we've been talking about, uh, Beneath the Cobblestones, is going to come out for you guys. On October 6th, so you get to start out your spooky month, the first Friday of the month, um, with the radio play. It's really fun. It's a pilot episode. It it. is. Uh, So it's really fun, and Chris and I are both in it, so you'll get to hear our voices in a different capacity. We're actors. We're actors. Performers. Although strangely based upon us, so we're it is strangely that, based yeah. upon that, that different. Yes. <laughs> they are um, heightened versions yes. of ourselves, basically. Yes, yes. Uh, but anywho, and then if you're a para junkie, you've already heard the pilot episode, of course, and so you will be getting the second episode. The oh, week- wait, drum roll. 
the week of October 8th. Woohoo! Yes. yes. Yes, yes, yes. So you will be getting the second episode. So if you want to hear the pilot episode before October 6th, go become a para-junkie. It's already up there for them. And then you will immediately be able to pretty much get the second episode as well. So Yes, we, fil- we actually record it uh, this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Um, so that's super exciting. You're not going to want to miss that for sure. Um, and then also the um, $20 tier pair of junkies are going to be getting a nice spooky surprise from us. Yes. Uh, exclusive merchandise that you can only get if you are um, that level of para junkies, so the ultra para junkies, if you will. And we are going to be shipping those out soon. And then last but not least, for the entire month of October, Chris and I and Eni are going to be doing a thing we like to call Tuesday Terrors. Boogity boogity. Yes, Chris, do you want to explain to them what Tuesday Terrors are kind of going to be? So basically, every Tuesday night... In October, we're going to be hosting special event at King Oliver's Creole Jazz Bar, which is a pizza joint that just opened up on MLK here in Savannah, Georgia. And we're going to be doing ghost stories and ghost hunting demonstrations and Q&As. And there will be pizza. 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 There will be pizza. Who doesn't like pizza? Pizza. Pizza and ghosts. Spooky, spooky pizza Mm -hmm. ghosts. And um, also, I believe that uh, investigation might be para-junkie only, uh, but we did investigate King Oliver's and their coffee shop behind that's attached to it, basically. It's the same people. Uh, Agatha's, we did an investigation a couple months ago. And so if you want to see us investigate that before you come to see Tuesday Terrors, I know for sure it's on uh, our Patreon. Yes, and the... um the workers uh, at the location, they have lots of ghost stories about events that have been happening pretty frequently ever since they started renovating the place. So there's a lot of really good uh, haunted vibes at the location. So you, you come have pizza at a haunted location and listen to ghost stories. And on Halloween, um, boom, boom, boom. there is going to be a haunted pizza party, Yeah, which is going to be super awesome. It's going to be a costume party with prizes, and there will be trivia with prizes. So if prizes. You, yeah, prizes. so if you like prizes and you want to go somewhere in your costume. Um, yeah, or- and it will be early enough so that you know you won't have to stay up until midnight to, to exactly party. or if you have plans at midnight you can come to us first yes exactly so um we'll have a link for that soon and it'll be in our description as well so also, chris is wearing merch i'm wearing some merch. he's wearing and merch we have merch on our website hauntedcitypodcast.com if you want to you know hit that one up but anyway let's go ahead and get into the top five uh it is uh definitely no surprise that our last top five episode was is our most listened to episode of uh, the last two months. Excellent. Yeah, which well, is like I mean, it just people skyrocketed. Love people yeah. enjoy people, a good list. I, I love, love a good. list. I love a list. You, too. you tell me top five. You tell me yes. top ten. I'm 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 invested. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We are now going to be converting, I guess, into a Watch Mojo type style. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 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 going to be one of the segments because you know yeah. it proved it proved to work. So you know why not, right? I know. Mm-hmm. Tis a joke. Tis a joke. Um, no, we'll you'll still get to hear us blather on. But anyway, blather. so um, blather. so let's start out with number five. Number five. Number five. So number five is the Sorel Weed House. Probably one of the most active haunted houses in Savannah. Oh, absolutely. In general. Um, 
And, you know, we, we like to include a Savannah place on all of these lists because, well, duh. I mean, that's like our whole thing. And it's so, our whole thing. And so um, when I was trying to figure out, like, which one to include on this, I was like, that's very tricky because we have so many active hauntings in this city. Um, but just by sheer volume of how many hauntings um, or how many spirits are commonly seen in the house and also how often they catch them on photos and in videos and on security cameras and all sorts of things it seems like a pretty good fit and if you put any stock into it um it is one of the most visited by haunting television shows places mm -hmm. yes you can see episodes of um ghost brothers of of the original ghost hunters taps uh went there um the uh, the BuzzFeed guys went there, mm -hmm. so it is uh, so widely known as a haunted location that it it garners people visiting from all over the the country to have these very uh, intriguing experiences too. I want to say that the first Halloween live ghost hunt of the Ghost Hunters was at the Sorrel Weed House. I don't remember Savannah was kind of like a buzz about it because we didn't really. We were just catching up to what the ghost hunters were at that mm -hmm. point. Um, but it was an amazing episode. And and I think that uh, just about everybody who does um, go there gets really impressive evidence, uh, personal experience, too. Absolutely. Yep. And we have a uh, pair of junkie... Um we have a pair of junkie exclusive of us being in the Sorrel Weed House alone, like an older one. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like that was uh, that yeah. was awesome. I remember you went there, Madison, and you came back, and I remember very specifically. She, I'm like, how was it? And because uh, she took a tour just to you know try to get the history so she could tell the the correct stories for the episode, and she goes, that place is so unbelievably haunted. I saw so many spirits in there. It mm -hmm. was it was insane. It was palpable. Well, it, it's funny too, uh, because there are, there are spirits there that aren't even um, associated with the Sorrell family, which sure. is quite compelling um, to say the least. There's like a little girl spirit who's my favorite. I tell her on about her or talk about her on every tour I give usually, and her name is Sarah. Apparently, she's like seven years old or so. Um, she is not uh, the daughter of Matilda and Francis, so uh, which a lot of people would immediately think. But nope, she has literally no attachment to the house. She's just there. Yeah, for a long time, people just naturally assumed the child was a, a family member. And that was like a common story that was folded in. But the interesting thing was many people experienced this child. Mm -hmm. And so much so that they started thinking, oh, well, this must be, you know, a child of the family. But, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. uh, she seems to be just a, a spirit that latched on, yeah. possibly hitchhiked in with exactly. you know, a visitor. Yeah, and she um, she hides under the furniture. And um, so the way they explain it is that she likes to play hide and seek. Which I'm like, that's the worst thing you could do as a child spirit. Like, that's so creepy. It's incredible. It's like, <laughs> I was about to say, it's the best thing you do as a spirit. It's the worst thing for the living yeah. you have to deal with. Yeah. And so she, um, I didn't know about Sarah until I went down there um, 
to do the the tour and stuff before we filmed and uh i was standing by a piece of furniture and i looked at um audrey because uh, i had felt uh what felt like a butterfly fluttery feeling and if you've ever been touched by a spirit that's kind of what it feels like it's um mm -hmm. it feels like an electric tingle of sorts if you will and i looked at her and i'm like is there like something that touches people down there? And she goes, oh, that's Sarah. And I'm like, great, she has a name. <laughs> and, so and that's another thing is, I think that, and if you go to most places, you'll find that the child Sarah ghost is kind of common. Um, Sarah is a name that, that oftentimes comes up when identifying a young girl ghost. I think there are at least three locations that have a Sarah here in Savannah. Mm -hmm. I think the Espy House has a, 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 mm -hmm. a child named Sarah. And and so you hear the name come up and it's interesting because it, the question then comes, is that like something in our consciousness that just kind of needs to identify? Right. And then so we, we, we start to come up with these names. Um, and if that has influence on things that people find in evidence, like when you're sitting there and you're trying to do a spirit box or things like that, if you're, if you're trying to formulate an answer which is why the Essie's method actually developed was because you start to actively listen for like a girl's name or mm -hmm. for something and, and it could come through that way. So um, I find it interesting because I don't think there's any record of the Sarah child ghost, uh, like connectively, like, Oh, well, you know, a, a block away or right, right. here in the square or so it, I do think that, um, that it's interesting. Sarah is a, a common child ghost girl name and it's like, Oh, uh, it's almost like an, an identifier, like the lady in white or the lady mm -hmm. in black or the, the gray woman. You know, you, you, you get to that place where, where a lot of times uh, children's names are associated that way. So um, if you haven't listened to our episodes on uh, the Sorrel Weed House, to give you a little bit of background on the, just a very, very brief history, um, and it's going to be the same way with all of these places. We'll do a deep dive into all of them, um, but... Just for Eventually. the for the length of this video, we're just doing a brief overview. So, the Sorrell Weed House is obviously located here in the historic district of Savannah, Georgia. Um, it has been one of the uh, longest-standing houses to be associated with hauntings and paranormal um, in Savannah, and the house is often the top of the list for most haunted sites in Savannah to visit. So, with the background, the house was built between like or 1835 to 1840, and it was a house for Francis Sorrell, who was a merchant and shipper, and the house is in like a Greek revival Regency style house. It stands out for sure. It's also the ugliest color of pumpkin orange is what they like to call. <laughs> I think it looks like baby vomit, but that's just me. It's a, such a terrible color and, and fascinatingly <laughs> yeah. enough, a lot of people complained when they when they painted it this color, um, so much so that uh, you know there were people trying to put an injunction in it for the historic uh, marker, but they actually found original paint samples from the plaster. And it's like, that is the color of the original house. They didn't, you know, that's not, they mm -hmm. were trying to restore the color. They weren't trying to, you know, have this garish looking house. Yeah. It was a garish looking house. Yeah. So Francis Sorrell just had bad taste in paint. Yes. Well, it, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because a lot of people don't realize that um, colored paint was a sign of affluence. In order to use colored mm -hmm. paint on these houses, um, that's why you see a lot of red doors, you know, uh, because red was a very expensive color. But when you see those muted colors like salmon or, or these, these orangey colors, it's because they couldn't afford to paint the whole place red because 
it costs so much. So they were using the tint to show that they were wealthy, to mm -hmm. show that their house isn't just a plain white or isn't just, you know, the, the natural color of whatever it is. Exactly. So, um, but for like their main ghost stories, the number one story really falls into Matilda. It does. Um, so Matilda, basically, the, how the legend goes, and there is a variety of different ways the story is told, but essentially, uh, Matilda was a uh, was very in love with Francis. Francis was unfaithful to Matilda, um, and the way they spun the story is that. Francis and the servant Molly, who was mm -hmm. one of Matilda's best friends, not only her servant, um, they had a relationship of sorts. We came to later find out that it was not a consensual relationship in any form, which was not uncommon for the times. But Matilda allegedly would walk into the room and find uh, Molly and Francis in bed together. And the way that they made this seem was that that was the breaking point for her. Uh, but there is evidence that shows that Matilda had been suffering from postpartum depression. She also had a variety of other mental health issues uh but back in that time they just referred to any type of mental health issue as the vapors hysteria hysteria and so it was not ever obviously looked into and matilda would eventually take her own life now this is where a lot of the discrepancies come in because some people say that she jumped off of the balcony and landed into the courtyard but at that time that would have just been slate um you know, because it was not the actual courtyard that it is today. Um, and also the balcony is not very high. So unless she fell directly on her head, that would be... Well, even more damning is the fact that, um, according to records, the Sorrels did not live in the house when Matilda died. Mm -hmm. They had actually already moved out and the house had been uh, transferred over. Um, but intriguingly enough, uh, in that first Ghost Hunters um Halloween special, I think that uh, they were in Molly's quarters when they heard screams for help. Mm -hmm. And it, and it makes that, that concept of uh, her abuse like, oh, wow, that's right. terrifying. And they still play that EVP um, still to this day, which is very interesting. Um, and Molly also had a very sad ending because she was found hanging Hanged. from the, right. the rafters of yeah. her quarters uh, because she had a private room uh, because she was... She was so, over the carriage house. Yeah. Exactly. She was so beloved by the family in that way uh, that they she got special treatment and all that jazz. Still not great, but, you know, better. And so... And there's a lot of speculation that she did not take her own life. Right. Um, you know, because the... Yeah. the the classic story seemed to suggest one of, you know, uh, a series of, of, of sad and tragic, you know, romance and entanglement, but it's probably much worse than we think. Absolutely. And, um, and unfortunately, the history is muddied, and so there's only so much you can find on mm. it, uh, but that's, for the most part, the speculation of it. Yeah. Uh, but Matilda and Molly are some of the two most commonly experienced spirits in the house. Um, but you see uh, people who come into the house have seen Matilda. They have seen Molly. Uh, Matilda is usually spotted in the parlor or on the balcony. Uh, and Molly is usually seen in the carriage house. Mm. And also, uh, interestingly, in the carriage house, well, just that area of the property in general is just tense and um, uh, depressing in general. Yes. Um, but... 
people who have depression, when they go into Molly's quarters, oftentimes they have really intense emotions come through, whether they're sensitive to spirits or not. Um, and it's not uncommon for people to not be able to stay in that room. Um, so I feel like with Molly, especially, uh, a lot of the, what she went through is what people experience more so than an apparition. Um, but they're not the only ones people hear disembodied voices. Oftentimes, uh, there have been a number of times where people will hear loud music coming from the house uh, and there's nothing happening. Extravagant parties. It was actually well known to be like the party place. As a matter of fact, the, uh, Square is named Madison Square, mm-hmm. and it was because President Madison and his wife Dolly would come to the parties thrown at the uh, sorrel weed. Uh, and they were house. they were just party animals. Oh yeah, they were super party they, animals. They, they were a lot mean, of parties. Just insane yeah. party animals. Exactly. And they, the parties they said would would be spilled out into the square. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the whole square would be just alive in this party that you know originated. In the sorrel weed house. Yeah, and supposedly he, like, demanded, like, subwoofers, like, everywhere. That's right. Yes. And it was all Daft Punk. Yes. yes. Was, like, <laughs> he wanted them windows to rattle. They're like, okay, <laughs> drop it. <laughs> and and so, then, yeah. I would also like to uh, say that if you are, um, you know, they... They are not uh, anyone who has, has paid us to advertise them, but we can say that they are amazing. This this house is super haunted, and you should definitely visit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, they have day and night tours, and yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. just really cool history overall. Paranormal investigations they're, too. They're yeah. able to find uh, so much of its history, you know, um, through the. Uh, renovations that they did and that was yep. only like 15 years ago or so but they were they found like drafts of robert e lee's letters they mm-hmm. found um old revolutionary war artifacts on site so uh it's it's a really cool place yeah calvin the gm he's really cool uh he actually before we had like a legitimate following he sat down with us and let us have the entire house to ourselves when we we were like really small we weren't like how we are today to where we can you know ask for that and you know say we have a following and this is how we can kind of you know pay you back right is to is to you know show our listeners this place but you know it's he was like he looked past that and he was like no you can just go ahead and do it and he gave us our i mean i would like i would he was the first haunted house to give us our start mm-hmm. like like sorrel weed house so mad respect to that yeah. but anyway but yes and they do a really good job of um they are constantly updating the tour with new information they find and uh-huh. they try to make sure that the story is as accurate as possible and they don't sugarcoat it which i appreciate as a person who loves history um and when you go on a lot of ghost tours a lot of times they'll um gloss over some things just because they're unpleasant well, had a long history of um avoiding those ugly subjects exactly but unfortunately it's the case um especially with this house and uh so good on them for yes. you know uh being truthful to it and it goes a long way in my book at least but anywho so they are number five and if you are in savannah you should definitely visit that one uh but number four another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's going to be Bobby Mackey's Music World, which I know some of our para-junkies who are um, a part of the Paranormal Society of Savannah, they just went to Bobby Mackey's, actually. Should have them on to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. All right, we're going to do that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a a wild place, Uh, not just because it's in Wilder, Kentucky. Ah. uh, (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell I've been a ghost tour guide for a long time? I know, right? <laughs> oh, Worse than me today. Yeah. Puns. But, but yes, um, it is in Wilder, Kentucky, which Kentucky in general apparently is just like taming with these. Uh, taming with the demon. Taming with the demons. <laughs> and so uh, Bobby Mackey's is a nightclub that is often referred to as the most haunted nightclub in the U.S., um, there okay. are tales of murder and suicide and satanic rituals oh, and yes. all the fun things uh, tied fun. to the location. And there is the legend of Joanna, yep. uh, who is who was a dancer who allegedly committed suicide um, there in the 1950s. And so a little bit of background on it. Uh, before its current incarnation as a music venue, the property had a variety, a varied history, and it has been the site of a slaughterhouse, a roadhouse, and even uh, reportedly a, an illegal casino. Mm-hmm. So it's always had its hands for the most right. part in um, rowdy crowds, uh, which it's not, un- uh, it's not unheard of or unreasonable in my opinion that nightclubs wouldn't be more haunted because you know you're getting a lot of people that come through some not great people oftentimes um you know especially in these more like rough and tough types of places and so mm-hmm. um it's a lot of energy coming through and a lot of crazy things that i'm sure those walls have seen so oh god yes yeah absolutely um, oh yeah so the first portion of this would be the well, um, <laughs> which is the basement of the building. The ground zero. Exactly. Um, which is reportedly uh, contains an old sealed over well that's central to many of the site's ghost stories. Um, some believe that it was used to discard animal remains when the site was a slaughterhouse. And there are legends suggesting that it may have been used to dispose of human remains during its more tumultuous days. Um which this is rumored um you know for our friends at the paranormal society if you got any of the the skinny on that let us know if that was actually what it was used for that's just how the story goes but yeah in the next few episodes um i'm gonna try to get them on and we'll talk about bobby mackey's because i've been meaning to do that for a while yeah that would be cool um because you see this a lot with places um that if they have rumors of satanic rituals human a sacrifice always comes up, which is... Mm, it's a rare, yeah, rare it, thing. But um, but uh, when dealing with underground and criminal organizations, the idea of having to dispose of a body is 
a, a more common of. thing. So, yes. you know, if you're thinking that you're running illegal gambling, if you think you're doing some kind of um, organized criminal activity, uh, having a well that uh, at your disposal, right? <laughs> that you could just you know uh, throw some things into because I think that that is probably more in keeping with with mm. with with what went down is um, because of criminal enterprises and the um, the very nature of a place that was designed to dispose of uh, of body parts, you know, of animals. It, it it would make sense that that would be the uh, the, the right end, place. but yeah. since there has never been a report of them recovering like bodies mm-hmm. from from the well, it it becomes more about the legend than it does about the uh, the the truth of what happened there. But if if that is the truth, you know, like where they did dispose of bodies, it would make sense why a lot of the hauntings are attached to that. Mm, absolutely. Um, because, you know, that's like one of the best ways you can get a ghost is, uh, uh, you know. Improper top. use of uh, bo- uh, burial uh, of the body. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but Pearl Bryan is another famous legend uh, tied to Bobby Mackey's. And so in 1896, her decapitated body. Right. That's was, the one that I always remember. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, was found in nearby Fort Thomas, Kentucky. Two men were convicted and hanged for her murder. And though her body was found miles away from the nightclub, legends connect her ghost to Bobby Mackey's, primarily because her head was never found. And some tales suggest it was discarded in the aforementioned well. Ooh. And so, um, again, this is why it's like, it, it's all hearsay. Um, have you heard of anybody seeing a headless ghost at Bobby Mackey's? So, I have. Um, uh, and that's the whole thing is the, 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 there's a lot of, of demon talk mm-hmm. of, of, of Bob McIntyre. We'll get into that in a sec, but, um, I've known people to come up with, uh, independent stories about either, and it's, it's interesting because I, I've talked about this before. I, I don't, I'm not afraid of headless ghosts. Um, <laughs> and I'm afraid of everything. But headless ghost just makes sense to me. It's like, well, how's it gonna find me? Right. <laughs> I mean, it can't what, bite. What's, what's, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just move over <laughs> here. And, exactly. Uh, I, but um, I think someone uh, got an EVP that was like mm-hmm. my head, you know, and it was like, what does that mean? And they didn't know about you know the pearl story, and so it's fascinating to think about um, because I think the head floating around makes more sense to me than the body walking around right. because the head's where all the, you know, observation stuff goes on. <laughs> that would make the most sense, but you know, not everything in the ghost world makes sense, but anywho. Um, so that's jo- fair. <laughs> so Joanna is probably their most famous ghost. Um, Joanna w- was supposedly someone who fell in love with a singer at the club. And after her pregnancy and the subsequent murder of her lover by disapproving her disapproving father, she is said to have taken her own life in the basement. Um, and lots of people have claimed to have seen her apparition and even heard ghostly singing. Um, I feel like this story particularly lives on because everybody loves a good ghostly love story. Oh, yeah, And, absolutely. like, tortured, tortured love. Tortured love. Yeah. Um, and, again, I don't know how truthful all of that is, if that would be the reason why. Kind of a, a wonderful observation of this place and of the area when you take it into consideration. The 
the power of folklore and the power of that let gather around i'll tell you a story let me let me let me weave you this tale because these tales are very tightly uh put together uh, but then when you really look at them, it's like, well, I can't find the pieces to, that, that are stuck together to, to make this story true. However, that does not alter people's experiences. Exactly. People start having these experiences. And it's like, well, that's because there's a lot of people telling these stories. There's a lot of people investing their, their mind, energy, and manifesting this legend. And those legends become strong. You know, they become what a spirit might adhere to. You know, if a spirit is sitting there and it's, you know, some middle-aged man, like, in the corner going, I wish people would pay attention to me. My name's Joanne. <laughs> I, I used to sing here and I killed myself for my boyfriend. And people are all of a sudden paying attention to that spirit. That becomes more than enough motive for a spirit to inhabit these things. And, and we keep coming up with a story after story of people encountering things. And we're like, well, we know it's patently not true. Slender man does not exist, but people do have these experiences and people do have these things. And it's like, well, what's happening? It's because there is enough draw and enough belief and enough people focusing on it that, you know, those, you know, low energy spirits that don't have any source of, you know, attention are like, oh, I'll be slender, man. I, you know, I don't mind. I'll, I'll just wipe my face off and freak you out. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing is like, you know, because um, a lot of these hauntings could be a variety of different spirits, you know, like singing a singing spirit in a former and still currently nightclub. Right. Not absolutely. unheard of. And just residually. Right. You know, um, music absorbing into a, a, a property mm -hmm. and then being heard later. That is, you know, certainly possible. So not going to say that Joanne is not there, but I just don't know how this, just because I couldn't find any factual well, that's just bits, it. you know. I, we've all heard the story but when you start to really dig, you're like, oh, it's just a story. But it probably came from somewhere. Exactly. I'm probably rooted somewhere. And for all we know, it happened at another location and just found its way to Bobby Mackey. Exactly. But it's a great story. It's regardless. a good story. And, a good and people story. love it. People love a, a, a good, oh, you know, forlorn lover. I mean, exactly. we, we have one at the uh, 1790 and we have a hard time um, verifying that story mm -hmm. uh, because again we have a lot of people throwing themselves to the deaths in savannah from heights that would not kill you right, <laughs> I, right. i'm well, sorry first i mean yeah you have to land you. on your face and then your butt yeah i mean that is the only yeah. way you're going to die from 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 the height in question we were talking you know not even really a true two-story yeah. jump yeah may not even break a bone yeah you got a swan dive right yeah, swan dive. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, uh... but any pair of junkies on the live if y'all have been to any of these places let us know yes. chime like, in I, yeah chime, chime in, chime in and, and you know tell your story i'll read it i'll read the comment yep and so some other experiences that people have had there um over the years include staff and um, this is from staff patrons paranormal investigators uh people have been physically attacked mm -hmm. such as being scratched and pushed uh, I know you like that, JT. Yes, I do. And they love saying it's a that. demon, but more than likely, it, more than likely, um, what I usually tell people, because it's n not very common for a demon to just be hanging out in a place like that. Um, a lot of times what it is, is 
these investigators, and I'm not going to name any names, but these investigators come in and they act a fool and they yell and they act insane. And imagine because they did the same thing with the Sorrel Weed House and they tried to claim there was a demon down there and there is not. And so, sorry to ruin that for anybody who wanted to believe that, there's not. And so, um, oftentimes they'll go down there, but imagine if somebody walked into your home and started calling you out and getting really aggressive and being ridiculous. You would want to punch them too, you know? It's like... Well, and also to keep in mind, especially in the cases of... uh people who constantly find these aggressive spirits, it's very likely that the aggressive spirit is actually attached to the person and not the place. People are far more likely to be haunted than houses. People are far more likely to be drawing energy and having spirits crowd them in. And if you get a, an aggressive spirit attached to you, it, it will uh, lash out, it will do these things. So if you go to a place that has a high charge, enough energy for that spirit to come through, you know, you, you start to ask yourself these questions. It's like, if you show up in a place that you've never been, that you have no attachment to, and all of a sudden you hear your name being called or it comes through, it's probably more likely that there's a spirit attached to you. You know, if it behaves the same way, if it always pushes you in a certain way when you're going up and down stairs, if it scratches you a certain way, and you're doing it in multiple locations, that's when you start to go, oh, you know what? Maybe it's not the place, maybe it's the person. Exactly. So just saying, but anywho, um, obviously people see dark shadow figures. They see, uh, they hear music and all that jazz. Um, but the funniest thing, and I'll leave this for this one, um, is the club has fully embraced their haunted reputation. Yes, they have. And at the entrance, they have a sign that warns patrons that the establishment is haunted and that management is not responsible for any of the actions of the resident ghosts. <laughs> there you go. And I love that. <laughs> so oh, man, one day great. we'll make it to Bobby Mackey's and we'll tell you if there's a demon down Although there, the but. rash of credit cards <laughs> numbers that have been stolen what's going on ghosts exactly <laughs> um so moving on to the next one so number three is the whaley house Ooh. in oh, san diego california i actually knew nothing about the whaley house before before this oh yeah jt is also uh i know it's hard to believe nowadays but yeah jt's still very new to the ghostly scene um yeah. so he, he's learning with y'all. Yeah, I never watched the paranormal stuff. I was always obsessed with horror films. I never watched like the paranormal reality uh, stuff because I grew up kind of just not uh, like like knowing that Ghost Adventures or whatever it's called was most likely a, a joke. Right. We aren't naming names, but oh, you know it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They're all called Ghost Adventures to me. They're well, they're not. Uh, but it's you know it's fine. Anywho, so um, the Whaley House was once a family residence, a granary, and a courtroom, and the Whaley House has seen its share of history and death. Uh, several members of the Whaley family died in the house and is also said to be haunted by the spirit of Yankee Jim Robinson. Yankee Jim. Which is so interesting for San Diego because that yeah. sounds like something that would be in the middle of like, right. you know, like, like Arkansas. Sa yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to embrace the name. You exactly. Know? Um, so Yankee Jim Robinson uh, was hanged on the property before the house was built and visitors have reported seeing apparitions, feeling cold spots and hearing unexplained noise. So, um, some background. The Whaley House was built in 1857 by Thomas Whaley on land that was apparently once a cemetery. 
great way to get a ghost again. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's how you start. Um, so the house has uh, served multiple purposes over the years, including the residence, um, a store, a courthouse, and a theater at one point. So Thomas Whaley and the family, uh, the Whaley's are central figures in the home's ghostly lore. Um, members of the family, including Thomas, his wife, Anna, um, and their children are believed to still linger in the house. Visitors are reported seeing apparitions resembling the family, hearing footsteps, and smelling Anna's perfume. Hmm. All not super uncommon um, for hauntings, uh, especially for residual hauntings. You, uh, for you know residual hauntings, a lot of times it is smell, like perfume, like if it's a really distinct perfume. Um, You'll, you know, get that ghostly waft, but usually it's because she probably wore it very often. Hey, you could do a paranormal investigation for 95 bucks or Very nice. Yeah, that's pretty it. cool. What, 95 per person, which is not horrible. They give you all the equipment and stuff, so that's dope. That, that is pretty interesting. Um, they so, claim to be America's most haunted house. That yes. is. That's I've, a bold that statement. That is a bold claim, bro. But, wow. Okay, heard. Anywho, so on to Yankee Jim. Um, so before the house was built, James Yankee Jim Robinson was convicted of grand larceny and was hanged on the property. Um, uh, back when stealing things could end you uh, exactly, at the gallows. Exactly. And so Thomas Whaley, who witnessed the execution, still chose to buy the land <laughs> and build his family home on it. He was like standing there at the execution. He's like, you know what? This is a pretty good piece <laughs> of property. This is nice land. He was like, hmm, you know what? This seems like a good place to keep my family. Let's do it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so he did. Maybe Yankee Jim will scare away you know, exactly. robbers. Exactly. Um, and it's said that the ghost of Yankee Jim haunts the Whaley house with many visitors reporting hearing his footsteps that they believe um, he so they believe he's still walking around the house. Um, so, I, again, I think that might just be a fun story and we're just attaching sure. it to a residual haunting. But you know what? I, I'm not going to say I've never I'll give been. Him, give him the. Give him the Yankee Jim. Give him the Yankee Jim. You know, it's a cool it's story. It's a fun name, too. Exactly. Um, so they Get also. Get back, Yankee Jim. <laughs> they also have theater ghosts. Yes, of course. Um, so the second floor of the house once served as a theater, and there are reports of ghostly apparitions associated with this part of the home, and some say they've seen spectral figures of actors or her heard the faint sound of a phantom audience. Uh, so that's just a bizarre thing, yeah. you know, if you're on the second floor of a house and you just start hearing applause. Right. Like, <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. Just dusting. Um, there's also children's spirit, uh, spirits. And so there are stories of Violet, who was the Whaley's youngest daughter, um, who took her own life in the house. And oh. some believe her spirit is still lingering because of that. And additionally, a small red ball often appears bouncing down the hallways, which many attribute to the spirit of a child. Well, uh, yeah. 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 I mean, that would make sense. And I'm, so I'm, I'm all for that. So did they just like put a ball out? Like, how did the ball get there? Did they, you know, just say like, I wonder what would happen if we just like left this here? So well, that's what we did in Washington, Georgia. Yeah, it's pretty you true. That? Yeah, we we literally just left a bunch of like cat balls everywhere. We're like, touch it, touch it. Yeah, touch it. Play with it. And they did. <laughs> and they did. Um, so there's also physical sensations. So people have uh, experienced sudden cold spots, the feeling of being watched, or the sensation of unseen hands touching them. Also not very uncommon with haunted houses and things like that. Yeah. Um, 
But yes, uh, the Whaley House, though, does obviously have a reputation as being a haunted location, but is well known that even the U.S. Commerce Department has recognized it as being haunted, which is pretty cool. Um, you don't usually get people who are like academics who are like, you know, <laughs> or, or, or that officials, happens. officials that yeah. uh, claim anything is haunted. So when you do get it, it's pretty cool. Um, but like JT said that you can investigate there, they have preserved the house as a museum. Yeah. And so it is open for tours to the public and they do the ghost tours as well in the investigation. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Real fast. They, they give you a K2 EMF, uh, meter, a flux Two paranormal response device, spirit box SB 11 flare thermal camera, Two dowsing rods and a GS2 laser grid system, so you you get hooked up. No, that's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty. That's, a, that's like that's not just like your EMF reader. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, that's that's a really good kit. To, I respect. So, um, yeah, if you're in California, maybe go check it out. Yeah. So, um, number two, taking Ooh. taking it back to bum, Kentucky. Bum, 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 bum. Going to Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oh, yeah. Which actually Waverly somebody Hills. on the fan base page. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just yeah, pointed yeah. out. Lorenzo. Po- Lorenzo. Oh, yes. Right. It was Lorenzo. Yeah, it was Lorenzo. Um, Hold on. Let me pull up. Uh, I'll pull up his post and show it to him. Yeah. Um, Waverly Hills, I mean, it's just notorious at yes, this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, by the way, we do have a Facebook fan base page if you uh, if y'all want to uh, join and keep up with our craziness. It's yeah. pretty chill. Yeah, it is. Just a heads up. Yeah, it's uh, mostly people posting ghostly memes and yeah, memes. Um, photos and all sorts fun. of fun stuff. It's it called is. the Most Haunted City on Earth fan base, and mm-hmm. it was started by Ashley Warner and Don Nielsen, I yep. believe. So, uh, originally the uh, sanatorium was a two-story hospital for tuberculosis patients, and it's estimated that tens of thousands of people died there. Mm-hmm. Um This is in Louisville, Kentucky, by the way. I I don't know if I mentioned that. And the reports of hauntings are numerous, uh, from ghosts of a nurse who hung herself. For some reason, that seems to be the thorough line with all these locations, is somebody had to, like, like themselves. But just, I think that just happens, you know, anytime some places refer to as haunted, somebody always adds into the mix that somebody... um, Somebody took their life. Yeah, exactly. But anyways... um, all the way to sounds of children playing um, the death tunnel or body shoot where bodies were discreetly removed from the hospital is particularly infamous. Um, so some background, the sanatorium was opened in 1910 to accommodate the growing number of tuberculosis patients in the region. And tuberculosis was a significant health threat in the early 20th century. And many patients it came. It still is, by the way, people. Tuberculosis is it really? is still one of the highest killers in the world. Ooh, yeah, well, oh, I thought yeah. you were meaning in the U.S. I was yeah. like, are are we in the middle of an epidemic of tuberculosis Although there again? Is still, a lot of Americans who die of tuberculosis every year. Weird. And we we have treatments for it. Oh well, well, hopefully they aren't the same as Waverly Hills, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a particularly bad time in the 20th century, uh, and many patients came to Waverly Hills in hopes of a cure. Unfortunately, many did not survive, and estimates vary, but some sources suggest that tens of thousands may have died there over the years. Um, so the death tunnel or body shoot, what everybody likes to talk about with this. 
Uh, this is a tunnel that stretches from the hospital to the railway tracks below, and it was initially built to transport supplies to the hospital, just like many um, old hospitals like that. Uh, that's why we had the tunnels over in Forsyth mm-hmm. uh, to go from the funeral home over to the uh, Chandler Hospital to the um, Mary Telfair Hospital. And so it was so that you could just not have to walk. Practically the entire sewer system of downtown Savannah was formerly commerce tunnels. Exactly. They would just bring things from the river so they wouldn't have to hoist them Mm. up onto, because we're on a bluff. So when you get in on the river, they would take them out and they would literally put them into tunnels that went out into the downtown Savannah area. So a lot of downtown Savannah's gas lines and sewer lines, everything, were actually built into the infrastructure of those old commerce tunnels. And they also transported dead bodies they underneath the... dead bodies, yeah. Well, because you don't want to bring a dead body out into the middle of Forsyth Park. Dead body. So, <laughs> but anyways. Um, however, due to the high number of deaths at the facility, it was often used to discreetly move bodies out of the sanatorium to avoid demoralizing patients. Again, which is how it always goes when you have high death tolls. And that was also how the morgue tunnels ended up uh, becoming, or in Savannah at least, how they ended up becoming just a dumping ground for bodies because they had too many of them. And they're like, where are we going to put them? Just put them in the morgue tunnels. So, anywho. Alex Machado said, at Waverly Hills, whenever someone goes on one of the ghost shows, it's so active. Yeah, it's very I'm, true. I'm sure it's very true. Yeah, yeah. I would like to go visit it. Honestly, eventually. we we could. Um, I was looking at the uh, I was looking at the prices. Private investigations, which is eight hours, um, is uh, one thousand one hundred dollars in every month, but October and October it's only it's only fifty dollars more than that. So eleven hundred dollars, you get the whole spot for your, uh to yourself for eight hours. There you wow. go. Not bad. Not horrible. Um. So. Uh, One of the rooms that is said to be the most haunted is room 502. Uh, This room is frequently cited in ghost stories connected to the sanatorium, and legend says that a nurse hanged herself in the room, and another nurse who worked in the same room supposedly jumped, or was pushed, from the balcony. Hmm. Both deaths are said to have been the result of unplanned pregnancies. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Visitors claim to have seen apparitions and shadows or heard unexplained voices in and around this room. So, quite interesting. Um, and also bizarre. I never had, before doing this research, never heard uh, the unplanned pregnancy side of things. No. So, uh, quite interesting. But uh, many visitors also report feeling and seeing shadow figures that move quickly across walls and hallways. Um, And the shadow people are often associated with feelings of dread or unease. Um, There also are children's spirits because children also died of tuberculosis during this Mm -hmm. time. So um, I think that was uh, the picture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seemed to be a a small child. Yeah, I already showed it. Yep. Yep. And so the third and fourth floors, which once housed the children uh, with tuberculosis, are said to be particularly active with those spirits. Um, Visitors claim to have heard the sound of children laughing, playing, and sometimes crying. Um, A ghostly boy with a leather ball and a girl with no eyes Mm. are among the frequently reported apparitions. You know, I'm going to say, Chris, would you uh, be open to going to this place? Oh, absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and say, 
if we can, uh, let's see, if we can break by early October, if we can do um, over, let's see, 140 para junkies, we'll go. Yeah. Okay. We'll do it. We'll, and we'll do, do the private one. Absolutely. Sounds good. Yeah. It sounds like a great time to me. I've always wanted to go because I have family uh, that lives not too far from um, Waverly Hills, and I just have never made it over there, but eventually. Yeah, right now we have 124 patrons. If we can do so 16 if more, we can do 16 more. We will go. Yes. Like, for real. So Start nudging we'll your it. friends. Yes, make it happen, y'all. If Let's you are it. on the edge, let it, let it be your, your pushing point. So, um, also, over the years, uh, numerous people have reported uh, a range of phenomena from cold spots, disembodied voices, doors closing on their own, to full body apparitions, uh, like the photo that someone shared on, or that uh, Lorenzo shared on the Facebook page. Um, yes, and as JT was saying, the sanatorium obviously is no longer a functioning hospital, uh, but it now is used to um, host tours, and they also do the overnight paranormal investigations uh, so if you are on the edge of becoming a pairing uh, becoming a para junkie think about becoming one because I By would really like to go there so. yeah also Melanie Ellis uh, para junkie Melanie Ellis said when I went a month ago or so uh, we did get some interactions with what we believe was a child ghost playing with the balloon we put lights in uh, huh. they would move the balloon on command that's pretty cool. That's that is super cool. And what a Melanie. cool concept yeah. for, uh, for, yeah, for right? a, a tool. Yeah, yeah heck yeah. yeah You'd yeah. be thinking out of the box like that. That's that that's inspiring, Melanie. Seriously. Well, and I love so, that. especially with children's spirits, you kind of have to think out of the box with things like that, um, which is why the Boo Bear was created. Um, although, I will say, um, if you go on Etsy, if you're just looking for a good laugh, uh, go on Etsy and look at REM pods. Oh, sure. Because they, they people make some out. <laughs> people make the most bizarre um, REM pods. Really? They, oh, yeah. There's one that looks like um, Reagan from The Exorcist. Right. Um, yeah, there's look them up. Look them up. It's what? so funny. Uh, there's no a Chucky way. one. There is like all sorts all right, of I'm stuff. Doing it now. Yeah, do it. It's but fun. You know, the brilliance of a balloon is how affected it is by the slightest pressures, you know, um, because oftentimes people put down a ball and a ball is a pretty solid object. You right. Know, the amount of energy it takes to move a ball versus trying to move a balloon is like, boop. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we saw that when we were at, um, the, uh, Lake Shawnee, uh, amusement yeah. park with the pinwheel. Um, yeah. it was so easy oh, to yeah. get that spirit to interact, even right. though it was broad daylight, um, because it's a pinwheel. I mean, it doesn't take much energy, but he was, he was getting it going. So but yeah, you know. these are, these are cute. They're fun, right? Yeah. Um, anyways, are you showing yeah. them? Oh, the, I'm showing them. Okay. You can move on to the okay. next one. <laughs> okay. And so on to number one, number, number one, one. The Sally House in, uh, in Atchison, Kansas. Kansas. Yes. Kansas is also a very, very haunted oh, place. So haunted. Because them corn-fed ghosts, they are... Um, <laughs> <laughs> them corn-fed ghosts. <laughs> they are... They're intense. Well, surviving in the, in the climate, in that area, you know, you had to be very hardy. 
So the spirits are hardy, too. Exactly. Uh Um, So the house is said to be haunted by the spirit of a little girl named Sally, who allegedly died during a botched appendix um, operation. Future occupants have reported being scratched, seeing apparitions, and experiencing unexplained phenomena. So the background, the house is located at 508 North 2nd Street and was built in the late 1800s. It's a simple two-story brick home. Um, so the origins of the haunting, the haunting is allegedly connected to a young girl named Sally who was supposed, who supposedly died in the house during a failed emergency surgery on her appendix. Um, and according to the story, Sally was brought to the house when it was occupied by a doctor, uh, with severe abdominal pain, hmm. believing it to be a burst appendix. The doctor began surgery, but made an error. Sally died from her injuries and is believed to haunt the house out of anger and confusion. So, experiences. uh, Occupants and visitors of the house have reported a wide variety of paranormal occurrences, such as apparitions of a young girl, believed to be Sally, as well as other spirits, objects moving or being thrown without explanation, uh, unexplained noises, including footsteps, giggles, and whispers, And then physical attacks, such as scratches appearing on individuals, especially in the case of the Pickman family, who lived there in the early 1990s. The Pickman's uh, experiences brought significant attention to the house. Some of the other theories, though, do include... um, there's a theory suggesting that there might be more spirits than just Sally in the houses, which is what I personally believe because um, it's not super common to hear children's spirits scratching people. Um, and also just by the way that she died, I don't foresee that as being a reasoning for her to be lashing out to people. It sounds mm. like the attention or even just the fact that there is a child spirit there in general could have attracted something more negative and there's well there's something terrifying of the idea that the surgery may have been so traumatic and the nature of it could mm-hmm. have been just feeling like an absolute attack you know um, a lot of people uh, when when they talk about the human sacrifice and what you're trying to get out of a human sacrifice um, you're trying to lengthen the amount of time between being alive and being dead that you can actually utilize the door between the worlds to curry favor. So if it's a suffering death, that door opens and stays open for a while and things can come through. Um, and if there's a child at, you know, at the center of it, ch- children are, you know, so uh, uh, tempting for denizens of the dark because they shine so brightly. And so if a child is suffering, then they come to feed on the suffering. They come to feed on, you know, the diminishing light. So it is possible that the very act of performing a, 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 a surgery that gets botched um, could be in a way a summoning <laughs> of, 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 a, of, a, of a darker, you know, uh, series of spirits. Exactly. Um, And some believe that the spirit of an older woman possibly connected to some ritualistic practices also resides there. Um, This theory stems from experiences and an EVP session that happened um, where they apparently picked up on an older woman. Um, 
So if you want to visit this house, uh, the house is open for tours and paranormal investigations. So uh, if that is something you are interested in, if you live in Kansas or Nebraska or any of those general regions. It's worth the trip. I've known known a lot of people who've gone... I was just saying corn-fed regions. Those Because you, no. you were like a corn-fed ghost. Well, they are. They are corn-fed. <laughs> I'm dying, I'm dying bro. There you go. Sure. They all ate That's corn solid. out there, so therefore they are corn-fed ghosts. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. It's their number that? one crop. Uh, yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Technically, sure. I mean, anywho, so that is our top five list for the most um, active hauntings in the U.S. currently. (laughs) Uh, So (laughs) if you want to see us do more top five lists, let us know. I could just just picture our like a, a listener in Nebraska. Listen to that all like like pissed off, like in their basement hiding from a tornado. <laughs> I'm pretty cool. It just got worse and worse. <laughs> Stop talking, JT. <laughs> yeah. Uh, blue 1967 Ford pickup outside. Oh my God. <laughs> All I said was corn fed. I there know, is a I lot know. of corn out in that Listen, area. So <laughs> we love our Nebraska listener. This is Kansas. Kansas, not even Nebraska. I don't know how Nebraska got pulled in. All I said is that if you live in that general vicinity, go there. Nebraska uh, is, you know, right there. The Story Arts Workshop said, Patrick is flagging you to stop. Yes, stop. (laughs) Please stop. Please stop. Please stop talking, JT. That's so funny. But anyways, uh, so thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, And if you are interested in becoming a para-junkie, you can find us over on Patreon. Uh, And if we get 16 more patrons uh, or para-junkies, we're going to Waverly Hills so so that we can uh, go meet all those fun ghosts. Poke a ghost in the face. Yeah, or I get poked in the face again. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, if you Mm -hmm. missed that one, uh, we went... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we went live. When is this episode airing? That was um, what the that was a live stream. Well, I know. I when know. is so, this ep- episode? Oh, this episode. Airing? Oh, Tuesday. Okay, so uh, when you're hearing this, uh, it would have been uh, just a few days ago, about five days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, we did a live stream in the old exchanges dungeon, the Provost Dungeon, the Provost in Dungeon, Charleston, South Carolina. Yes, and I got poked in the eye by a ghost on camera. So yes, um, yeah. So if you missed that, become a para junkie because they have access to that indefinitely. They, do. they get so, to watch live pokings. Yeah, all the time. So, <laughs> anywho. Um, <laughs> Anyways, so let's wrap this up yes. before we say anything else. But uh, with that, my name is Madison Timmons. I'm Chris Susie. And stay spooky, y'all.